courage isn't every day. Courage is not necessarily, you know, a lion roaring in the jungle. You know, it's, it's not that, you know, we, we all want to feel that way all the time, but some days it's literally getting out of bed and saying, whispering to yourself, I can do this today. That's it. Welcome to the Spiritual Shift Worker Podcast. I'm Lianne, and I'm so happy that you've pressed play today. This podcast is here to inspire you, but more importantly, to provide you with the tools you may need in order to make a shift in any area of your life. Whether it's a small shift or a big shift, I will be sharing real-life stories from incredible humans who have done both. And of course, as a shift worker, we will navigate all the ups and downs of working shifts, from nutrition to learning how to ditch the overwhelm, to creating more time to do the things that light you up. So grab that Java, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome back to the Spiritual Shift Worker Podcast. I am so glad that you have pressed play today. This week's guest is Christina Driscoll, the host of the She's Brave Podcast. Christina trained for a career in finance, working over 10 years in pension consulting and as a financial advisor. Christina is a graduate of Pacific Lutheran University with a Bachelor's of Business Administration. When Christina's husband was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's, she became not only the primary caregiver to her husband, but also to their five-year-old son. Christina and I have such a great conversation about following your spiritual path and how being brave isn't always about doing crazy or adventurous things. Sometimes being brave and courageous is simply being able to get out of bed and whispering to yourself, I can do this today. Christina's podcast, She's Brave, can be found on Apple and Spotify, where she helps women find their path to become brave, resilient, and authentic. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Christina as much as I did. So let's get started. Good morning, Christina. I am so happy to have you on the podcast today. And I would really love for you just to give an introduction, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you are currently excited about today in this present moment. Hey, Leanne, it's so great to be here. And thank you for having me on your show today. My name is Christina Driscoll, and I'm the host of She's Brave podcast. I interview women from all over the world about bravery. Now, one thing I think that jumps into people's minds is, oh, she must interview women who climbed Mount Everest or jumped out of a plane or did something physically really challenging. But really, it's it, it can be about that. But it's also about some of those really small, brave acts that sometimes we, we need to take in our lives, like perhaps leaving a marriage that's that's no longer serving us or, you know, things like that that are small or the challenges of uh parenting a child with special needs that takes an incredible amount of courage and bravery as well so I love my podcast and you asked me what I'm excited about today um number one not gonna lie I'm ridiculously excited to be here on your podcast (laughs) thank you because I interviewed you on mine and we have a great connection and I've even had listeners reach out to me Um, about my episode with you. So we have a great connection and we, we are able to really dive deep and get in there with our topics. So I'm, I'm just excited about 
today's episode. I'm excited about my podcast, which is I'm just hearing from people all over the world about their lives and where they're at. And I help on my podcast. My goal is to interview women who not just what they did, but how did they get through it to give me and my listeners tools of how to get through those hard things. What are the tools? What are the things that we can do to be braver? Because it's all about authenticity, right, Leanne? And so it's all about being ourselves and not, you know, being our true selves, making decisions based on what's best for us and not making decisions based on other people's expectations. So it's about resiliency, courage, and authenticity. That was kind of long. (laughs) Oh, no, it's so good because it really, I love it. I love it because there's so much there that um, I'm going to touch on for sure. And I like that you explained that it, when people hear that word brave, you're right. It, you're exactly on point where people are like, oh, it must, they must be like, you know, doing all these, we always go to the extreme of what that word is, but it really is in the small things like exactly leaving a job that no longer serves you after 30 years, a marriage or, um, and we'll get into it like your journey when, you know, being a caregiver and those things take a lot of courage and, and bravery because you're giving up a part of you, like those fears or you're serving others. So yeah, I love that you shared all of that. And before we get into all of that, I know, and I want to hear because it looked fantastic was that you just returned um, from an epic trip to Cambodia. So let's talk about that for a minute, because I've never traveled to that part of the world. And I know that there's a lot of spirituality and a lot of sort of religious things and prayer and that aspect out of that but just maybe if you can riff on that for a little bit what brought you there if like I know you've been planning it for a while and then what the biggest lesson or what was the biggest eye-opener that you came out of that out of that trip oh I'm so happy you asked me about that Lyanne because It was, it really was a trip of a lifetime. And to be honest, um, it's probably the biggest trip that I've, well, it is the biggest trip I've ever taken and maybe the biggest trip I will ever take. It was actually a whole month. I booked it during COVID. So I booked it in February last year. And that was, it's so weird to think, if you just think back to last February, people were still not traveling. People were terrified of COVID. People weren't going out. People were still wearing masks. And the travel companies were like, uh, here, here's this awesome, awesome deal. So I just, uh, jumped on that bandwagon and took that leap of faith and booked a trip, you know, for myself and, and partly with some friends and with my husband and my son and got a great deal and actually went to four countries. So Vietnam was first, then Cambodia, then Thailand, and then the Philippines. Mm. And the first thing I want to say is that in all, I had never been to Asia before, But like you, like I was curious about Buddhism and that way of life. And first thing I want to say is that every, all four countries, the people were amazing. We, I didn't have one negative experience. Everyone was a hundred percent honest, kind, and that's kind of fascinating to have a really positive experience with all four of those countries, Um, Vietnam, Thailand, Cambodia, and the Philippines. 
But the country that really touched my heart the most was Cambodia. And I've heard that from other travelers and I never knew why exactly, but Cambodia actually is known as the friendliest people in the world. Isn't that fascinating? And yet they are one of the poorest nations in the world. It's really, really interesting. It's really interesting. So yeah, I would say it was things like going to a palm sugar farmer who was 71 years old and he and his wife were in my opinion, happier than Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. Yeah. I would, I would trade places with him before I would trade places with those three people who, you know, are the richest people in the world, but yet, you know, they've been through some of the multiple divorces. Um, they don't seem particularly happy. And it's just so interesting because m- Uh, you know, money, money can do a lot of things and it is positive, but ultimately happiness, I think is, is really when you find your sense of purpose and when you are of service to others, does that make sense to you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It is. And that's why, I mean, yes, you're right. Money can do a lot of things. Money can in the hands of good people can help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it doesn't buy happiness for sure. It, it buys the things that, or the, the experiences that can bring the happiness, but money itself, right. Having the million dollars in the bank isn't going to make you happy. So. Yeah. And, you know, just, I mean, I'm just using him as an example, but you know, there was a small group of us that we were, we were on a, a small cruise boat going up the Mekong river and we were in Cambodia and we went to this very remote village and, you know, this farmer, he's 71 and he climbs, I have video footage of him actually on my personal Facebook page, climbing up palm trees to collect the sap and make it into palm sugar. And he climbs 50 trees a day and he's 71 and he's so happy. He and his wife were just these kind, gracious people who love to joke around and have fun. And they, he took a shine to me. He grabbed some tra- traditional Cambodian clothing. He started dressing me. And the more he dressed me, the more, you know, it, it just got kind of ridiculous. And everybody, we were all laughing and laughing and laughing. And, you know, he even put a little scarf on my head and then a jug on my head. And then everybody started taking pictures. And then he dressed up my husband and my son. And we just like, we had the best time. You know, and I think that in his case, he just wants, he just lives joyfully. He just wants to make other people laugh and other people happy and that he's being of service in that way, you know? Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's literally like living his purpose by doing just that, bringing joy to other people. And it brings joy to him, right? You, you, you could, you felt it, you saw it. And I think there's a lot to be said for um, you know, being able to travel again over the last couple of years, so many people haven't, and some people probably never will again because of what's going on. But I feel there's just so much to learn when we can just open our minds that, you know, that people are living differently and they're living better. And I'm going to put better in those quotes, a better life, because we're not stuck to the 
the hustle and the grind, the 40-hour work week, or the striving to move up the corporate ladder. And for anyone who is doing that and, and is getting something out of that, and that is where they find their purpose, then hey, keep doing it. But when we can turn around and, and look at something that's, again, simpler, I think it's, you know, when we take away all the distractions, that's where our life is. Absolutely. You know, and there there was another time when we were in a a remote village along the Mekong um, and two little girls, they were just so ridiculously happy that we were there. And, you know, I I interacted with them and, and then they picked me some flowers and gave them to me. I mean, it's just kind of one of those amazing things. And Lianne, um, it was my first time in Asia and it was Southeast Asia. And it, I feel like it changed me. It changed me. I love that. And so is that just the experience of the people? I mean, I know um, I'm a very good friend who's from Vietnam and she's always telling me about how beautiful the country is. And yet here where we are in you know Canada and the U.S., sometimes all that we get to see, unless we know people or have experienced it ourselves, is what the media um, you know, the mainstream media shows us. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's mm-hmm. not always in the positive light. And so what was that? Was it was those interactions and seeing the joy and the simplicity of, of their life? Was it the beauty? Was it all of it? What was it? it yeah, it was all of it. They, they both are actually all four of the countries are incredibly beautiful. And some of them in different ways, but they're all incredibly beautiful. It, it definitely was the people, the interaction with the people. And um, really, I think, you know, you can watch as many PBS specials as you would like to on TV um, about third world countries or second world countries. And, but you don't really get it until you're in it. You don't get it. And, you know, there was a, a fishing village that we visited that's on stilts because it floods every year for six months of the year, it's water. And so the kids row themselves to school in a boat. And then the other six of the months of the year, it's dry. And um, the lifespan of the average male in that town is age 54. That's how old I am. So my life would be over about now. And the reason for that is lack of clean water. So what happens is, um, and it's a lot of these countries, clean water doesn't exist. So they, they have to boil it or get bottled water. So what happens is the fishermen go out to the lake and sometimes um, they forget and they run out of water. They jump into the lake, they drink the water, and then they get a disease and they die. Oh. So it's it's just really, really eye-opening and I'll give you one one other story example. Um, I I have quite a quite a few rings, beautiful rings. I I buy from a, a gem specialist here in Seattle who makes these beautiful gems, and they're quite they're fairly inexpensive. Her prices are way better than most jewelers. And I normally wouldn't travel with jewelry, but something my intuition said bring some of bring some of your rings. Mm-hmm. So. I did. And I knew that I was in a place where there would always be a safe in my room and, and, or there, there are ways to keep your, your stuff safe. And these countries were all very safe, honestly, like there were no issues with any of that stealing or, you know, having things grabbed off of you, anything like that. There wasn't 
anything like that. Um, but I took, so I, I, I took some, some jewelry with me, which was unusual. And I just listened to the intuition. And so we were on a boat for seven days going up the, the Mekong river and the people that worked on the boat were just the most kind. They were Cambodian, um, cause it's registered in Cambodia and they were just the kindest, most humble ha- and again, happy people. And throughout the course of the week, because I love connecting with people and I love knowing their stories, I got to know them. Mm. And on the last day, um, the director of the boat, and again, they don't, they don't make a ton of money. You know, that's just in Cambodia, if you're really, really rich, you can go to, you can pay and get really proper medical care. And if you're not really rich, you don't get much medical care at all. And that was kind of eye-opening too. So on the last day, our director had, uh, his wife had just given birth to a baby boy and uh, he was born prematurely. And, you know, the only reason why we found out about it as guests on the boat was that one of the other guests on the boat, um, it was on the last day. So we were in, we were in Phnom Penh and which is a big city. Thank goodness. So he, he got off the boat at 7am. Somebody saw him leave. And then they saw him come back at 10 because we were getting off the boat at 11. And then all of a sudden everybody was talking, you know, where was he going? Turned out that his wife and his son were not doing so well. And they were in the hospital and he, he went to visit them and then he had to come back and get on the boat and continue on with his job because that's just how, how it works there. And I just took one of my, and I had quite a few opals cause I was kind of collecting, collecting them for a while and I gave it to him and I said, this And the good news is this boat goes back and forth between Phnom Penh, which is a big city, and also into Vietnam. And Vietnam would probably be a better place. I said, go to three jewelers, have it appraised, and then sell it. Now, you're not going to get as much as a full price, but, you know, and I said, I want you to give, I want to give this to you because, you know, then your baby can get better care. Mm. And I did this with six and I haven't really told anyone this, but I think ah, I felt like telling it today because so I gave jewelry to six of the staff who I knew had different situations. One is a single mom of, you know, she's 30, she's single mom to a five-year-old and she's gone and her mom has to watch her child and her English is excellent. She works in the dining room. If anybody wants to call Aqua Expeditions, I can verify all this. <laughs> but, um, and she, you know, her English was so good. I said, you know, in this case, it was a, about a $2,000 necklace. And I said, I want, I want to give this to you. And I want you to put it towards, you know, um, going to tourism school. Because I, I did, I kind of asked around and said, how much is tourism school? You know, it's about $2,000. It takes about six months, I think. And because once they become a tour guide and especially, you know, instead of working as, as a server in the dining room, become, become one of the guides, you know, that take the the guests out on excursion, they make a lot more money. And so I just, you know, I left Cambodia knowing that I had made six people's lives better significantly by about two grand each. And 
you know, it, it was life-changing because I think I live in an area of Seattle where you can get pretty caught up in the materialism aspect of life. And I, I've just over this last year and this journey of starting my podcast and really coming to understand what true happiness is. And to me, that is serving others and finding your purpose. And when you do those two things, you're incredibly happy. And I had a lot of jewelry that I wasn't wearing. And why is it sitting in a drawer, just sitting there doing nothing? Let's put it to work. Let's give it to somebody who needs it. Oh, it's just life-changing, Lianne. It's life-changing. So good. So good. I thank you for sharing that because I think all of that, like people have such a perception of what these countries are like. And yes, I mean, there, there's certainly, you know, like you said, he went to work, the, the one, the tour guide went and saw his wife, then had to go back to work, right? Otherwise he's not going to get paid. Absolutely. But what I love, uh, I mean, there's so much about this whole experience, Christina, but I love what you said that your intuition told you to take the jewelry. It didn't make sense yeah. because I really should have kept the jewelry at home. Like, you know, yeah. that wasn't exactly the safest thing to do. But all of a sudden it became very clear that I was here to give it away. Yeah. And that's where um, I think we need to start listening. And because you did listen to your intuition and then you're knowing that you're serving and helping these people. Yeah. It's going to make everyone happy. It's making your soul happy. And so I, I really love that you shared that because I know that from your story that you you're you developed your intuition at, at a pretty like a younger age. I mean, certainly compared, like I've just started to really tap into mine in the last couple of years. Um, so maybe we can go back and talk about, you know, how that was and yeah. how you, you met your, your, your husband at first and then how, how you listened and over the years, what that happened. And then, you know, how that makes you feel, because I think so many people don't understand what that, what that feels like to follow their intuition. Yeah, great question, Lian. So I married my college, I'm going to do the Cliff, the cliff Notes version. <laughs> I married my college sweetheart, who was a very controlling person. And a year and a half later, got out of that marriage, because I didn't knew that I couldn't live a whole lifetime of someone trying to control me. So I took that first brave step of leaving that marriage. And for the first time in my life, I went to therapy. And because I wanted to know why I chose this guy and how could I choose better next time. And so the therapy helped me understand why I picked him and, and how to choose better and looking for red flags and things like that. But it also got me going down a self-development journey. So I started really pouring through books about self-help. And I really worked on myself for the next six years. And then when I was 31, I was on a hike on Mount Rainier and the leader of the hike, so this is in the Seattle area, uh, was a man named Bill Driscoll. And I got out of the car at the trailhead on Mount Rainier and our eyes locked. And there was just this pull that I had never experienced before. 
And I elbowed my way to the front of the line because you know that it's single file only when you <laughs> when you're hiking up Mount Rainier. <laughs> we didn't go to the top, but it was one of these beautiful hikes where you're you know hiking along all the scenery and but it's single file and it's narrow and I I was like I need to get I'm going to elbow my way to the front and <laughs> get right behind him so I can get to know him better. So and again we just we just clicked instantly. We were both in the financial industry. And we just looked at the world really similarly. So long story short, um, he was 24 years older than me. Very unconventional. He'd never been married before. But six months later, we were married. And nobody ever questioned either of us. Oh, gee, she's way younger than you. Oh, gee, he's way older than you. Because I think that people sensed the deep authenticity of our connection and that we were meant to be together. And I think when people sense that you're really in the deepness of your authentic being, they don't even question your decisions anymore. They just accept it. You know, it's really interesting. So, you know, that was kind of the first maybe brave out of the box thing that I did, where I just knew that I was meant to go on this journey with my husband. And I didn't care what the neighbors thought, you know, I didn't care. That's amazing because so many people, so many people would let the judgment of others mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because when you, and it's interesting that you said that people never questioned you because you were being so authentic and you knew so deep down that it was where you were supposed to be. And I think a lot of people, when they start to see the judgment coming from others, it's a really, really great opportunity to use them as a mirror and go, what is it that I'm judging about myself? And you didn't even question it. So therefore no one else questioned it, right? So many people would put themselves in that situation and then have the under subconscious thoughts, oh my God, maybe this person's too old for me. Maybe this is wrong. And then they would start seeing it reflected back to them from other people. So that is so true when you are so in your knowing that it doesn't give anyone else the opportunity to see anything different. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that, that ended up being a really beautiful marriage, but, but there were, there were a lot of challenges along the way. Um, We definitely wanted a family, but it didn't happen. And so we, we tried naturally and then we did some fertility treatments. So four years later, our son was born and that was, that was amazing. And he's now 19 and he's an amazing kid. And, uh, well, I'm sure every parent says that, (laughs) um, but yeah, when our son was five, my son developed, or I mean, my husband developed early onset Alzheimer's. And so it was, you know, really, really terrifying land. And, um, you know, I was, I wouldn't have considered myself to be a particularly brave person. And uh, I was really terrified with that diagnosis, but, and it was a 12 year journey of him having Alzheimer's disease. And he passed away in February of 2017. And it was, but I always believed Lyanne that it was, it was happening for me. Wasn't just happening to me. It was my spiritual path. Mm -hmm. 
and that I, I was going to learn and grow from it. It it was meant to be. And I was, I was going to learn on this life, this adventure called life. Mm. Mm -hmm. That is really the way that we all need to approach hard times. Right. And, um, Easier said than done. I yeah, will say that. Absolutely. It's not, absolutely. Like you just, it's not like you say that to yourself and then you yeah. say, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> it, you know, it literally can take years yeah. to slowly, you know, courage isn't every day. Courage is not necessarily, you know, a lion roaring in the jungle. You know, it's, it's not that, you know, we, we all want to feel that way all the time, but some days it's literally getting out of bed and saying, whispering to yourself, I can do this today. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, and interesting, I, I, I spoke with a friend yesterday who lost her, I think he was 20 or 21, her son in a car accident last fall. And, you know, and that's what she said. She goes, I feel that this has happened for me. Mm-hmm. And, and that is hard, right? That's hard. That is hard to accept when literally shit is hitting the fan and bad things are happening. Um, and it takes a lot of awareness, um, and honesty to say, what can I take from this? What can I learn from this experience? Because if you don't look at it that way, you'll constantly be in victimhood. Yep. That's true. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what did you learn? I mean, it, 12 years is a, is a long time where you've given up, I'm going to, I'm going to not putting words in your mouth, but giving up a part of you to be your husband's caregiver. And so how did you, did you, or maybe you didn't even during that time, take care of yourself? Yeah. So, you know, again, I think this came in handy at that time too, of not worrying about what other people think. So according to society standards, I was nothing. I was just a mom who was raising her son and a caregiver who was taking care of her husband. You know, I, I was not a CEO. I was not an entrepreneur. You know, I was not, you know, making a million dollars a year. I was just managing our money and being a caregiver during those years. And I just knew that that was my path during that time in my life. <clears throat> and it was very hard at times. And some of the tools that you use in the beginning, well, throughout the journey are denial. Um, when I first started realizing that he was getting forgetful, you know, for six months to a year, it was just denial so that I could get more comfortable with the reality. And that's okay too, because they're really, at, at that time, there were, the medications didn't work there was no proof that they actually worked. So, and I think it still may be that way, actually. They, it's really hard, you know, to find. Um, they're still working. I believe they will come up with a way to stop Alzheimer's the minute it starts and just stop it from progressing so that you don't ever develop it. But at that time, that wasn't the case. And I also learned so, a lot of self-care. So, you know, I didn't beat myself up for, you know, I am not starting a podcast. I'm not, doing yeah. something that, that, that the rest of the world thinks is impressive. I just knew that this was my path and I need to not worry about what other people think. And I need to just embrace this path. And, 
you know, and then even just going out with girlfriends and later joining a, a single parent group in the Seattle area, because we, we ended up moving um, a couple of different times, as, as you often do when you're caring for someone um, for different reasons and to get more help. And my husband's family is all in a suburb of Seattle. So it was, it was a really great move because they were super helpful and they visited him faithfully. So he had a lot of visitors when he did eventually have to go to a care home. And um, so that was all great. Yeah. I think interesting what you just said about you were there and not even worrying about, you know, not guilting or shaming yourself for doing other things or absolutely whatever. And that is, I think, you know, so much of our overwhelm, so much of our frustration is because we want to be somewhere else. And when we can accept that where we are in this moment, in our, this moment in time, this present moment, a lot of that stress, a lot of the frustration, a lot of the overwhelm literally dissipates because you are so accepting and not that you're accepting, knowing that you're going to be stuck, not, not in a negative way, but like, this is where I am right now. I am going to accept this fully and be fully present, but know that it is just like you said, this is where I am in this time in my life. And then, you know, knowing that deep knowing, I love that you talk about that you have in yourself, where it's like, this is just my path right now. And that if so many more people could lean into that, the depression, right? You could eat, I feel, and and I don't know, maybe I'm completely wrong, but knowing that in accepting and validating your emotions and your feelings where you are and then release it and then move on. I know it's easier said than done a thousand percent, but I just love that you, you know, you, that deep knowing that where you were was where you were right now. Yeah. And I just want to interject, Lan, that for anyone, any of your listeners out there who may be in a similar position where they're, they're heavily caregiving mode right now what really helped me a lot was was going out with my friends Mm. and you know just me with my girlfriends and you know talking about being just being a mom and literally when it came to going out with my friends they knew the rule which was we're not talking about being a care we're not talking about bill and we're not talking about caregiving because I needed time to just be normal so there were times I would escape from it and travel was another escape too you know, once, once my husband went under care, my son and I started traveling and, you know, some of it was, was, you know, further desperate destinations. Some of it was just going to the Grand Canyon or, yeah. you know, going, going to Utah, Moab, or, you know, it's just different things. And where you can just be a mom and a son and you're, you're not, you're not going to, no one's going to slap a label on you. And that's, that's a way that you're able to take a break from it too, you know? Yeah. Um, even, even if you are still a caregiver, even when my husband was at home and he was still functioning, um, if he was, you know, when he was high enough level functioning, I could still go out, you know, for dinner with my girlfriends and just be a normal mom for a little while. And that, that I cannot emphasize how powerful that is. You, you do need a break from it. Yeah. And that's where the filling your own cup up first, right? Like if you mm-hmm. hadn't have been doing that, mm-hmm. you're making then things 10 times more difficult, right? Where you're going right. exhausted, like yep. not just yep. physically exhausted. Yep. yep. Yeah. You do have to, and, and yeah, and I did, I would check in with myself a lot, 
and say, what do I need right now? Mm, that is so important, right? That's where so many, it's like everybody, humans are just so disconnected with our bodies, with our inner being with that soul and and whether or not any of the listeners actually, you know, agree or believe that there is this other part of us that so much of our frustration, if we would just like listen, less the resistance, follow the path of least resistance to allow what our body needs and what our soul wants to do. Like sometimes it's sitting and reading for five minutes in the morning rather than, you know, rushing around doing all the things. And then you can, you fill your cup up first. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm, yep. That's so it. good. So I want to just touch on, as I, I mentioned before we hit record that um, I was listening to a podcast that you were a guest on recently and how you just knew that when you started your podcast, like initially given your experience, given your journey with being a caregiver, that you felt maybe that that was where you were going to go with the podcast. And It is such an important topic. It is so needed out there for given the the aging, um, you know, population and that more um, younger people are looking after their elderly parents and, and whatever it might be, that it's a very, very important topic. And yet you knew, and again, here comes in that intuition, that that wasn't where you were, that wasn't where you were supposed to go with the podcast. So maybe you can just talk about that for a bit. Yeah, I think this is a very powerful topic, Lyanne. And and here's where I want to start. So I my son graduated from high school last June, and then I got remarried mm-hmm. in July. And and then my husband and I went on our honeymoon and we got COVID. We were, <laughs> we were in Peru. <laughs> oh, it was quite the adventure. And Anyway, I came home and I had that deeply unsettled feeling that so many women get, particularly mm-hmm. in our 40s and 50s. It's mm-hmm. very common. And we have this deeply unsettled feeling and it's, it's, it's hard. Like, what is going on with that, right? And what is going on with that is that a little voice in our head is saying, I'm meant for more. That's yeah. what that deeply unsettled feeling means. I am meant for more. So yeah. I felt very unsettled in August and I slowed down. I had to actually, because of COVID, sometimes the universe literally physically makes us slow down in order to get yeah. out on the right path. <laughs> and I saw that uh, there was a podcast class and I thought, you know, I've got, I have to start somewhere. I don't know what my, my next chapter is, but I feel a pull that, that there's a next chapter and it's very significant. And so if you don't know what it is, start with something, anything, anything, sign up for a class, which is what I did. I signed up for the class and I was terrified. (laughs) We had a private Facebook group and we had live classes and I actually started attending class live. And then I started chatting with people and then I started practicing interviewing with them and just fell in love with the whole process. But part of the class was doing a lot of exercises where you need to to find out what your topic is. And like what you said, I thought, I thought that I was going to do a podcast on caregiving because it is, it is needed out there, but it felt too heavy. 
when I was answering all the questions and trying to figure out my, my podcast topic, it felt incredibly heavy. And the reason why it felt heavy is that it was requiring me to go into the, into my past mm. and live there, you know, and, and bring other people along. And we're not meant to live in the past. If you live too much in the past, you get depressed. If yeah. you live too much in the future, you get anxious. And that's why we need to try to always focus and live in the now. So I did the exercises. And finally, one of the exercises was to reach out to at least five people who knew me really, really well and ask them what they thought my strengths were. And the same answer kept coming back to me, Lianne. <laughs> Everybody said, you're incredibly brave. You're very resilient. You're very authentic and true to yourself. You don't care what other people think. You just live your life on your own terms. And that's how She's Brave was born. Mm. Oh my gosh. I just love that so much. And I, and again, I feel like all of that, right. And it's right from the beginning. So, I mean, I've been sort of on same thing, this personal development journey for probably 2019 is where it really sort of propped out. Um, and I was like, okay, these are the books that I want to read, the podcasts I want to listen to. And, um, you know, people would say, oh, it's that midlife crisis. You're in your forties. And it's like, no, it's the feeling that there is something more, that there is more to life than just, um, you know, the grind of the work, the 30 year career. And so going into this next chapter, I love how you followed and, again, tapping into yourself and going, oh, this topic is going to put me back into the past. And that's not where you want to live. And I'm personally, to be honest, Christina, I'm dealing with that right now with this podcast. I mean, it's been out now for six months. And as everyone knows, like any of the listeners is that I am a police officer. Um, but I'm, you know, very grateful for that career, but I'm really shifting into this just more of this entrepreneurial world and, and supporting women who are making massive impact in the world. And so that's sort of the people that I'm loving to interview. And, and that's, you know, having you on and showing what you're doing in this next chapter of your life is just so inspiring. So I just love, love your story so much, um, Christina. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, is there anything that you'd like to, as we sort of wrap up today, um, just leave the listeners just with as far as following that intuition or how to start to tap into that? Wow, that's a really great question. Yeah, I think that you can start anywhere. Like what I mentioned, um, you can sign up for a class. You can read a book. Literally, I think that we are drawn to the books that we're ready, you know, we're ready to receive the information for. So you could start by finding a book that you're drawn to or a or a class or anything else or podcasting podcasting is phenomenal i mean mm -hmm. i have been listening to podcasts for about three years and i feel like they have really helped me grow too because you can always pick and choose the the, the topics and i'm sure there are podcasts out there that are focused all about intuition you know yes yes those are all great tools oh amazing and as we're sort of rolling into, at least here in Canada, the U.S., we're rolling into spring and into summer. And, um, you know, you've come off this amazing, amazing trip right now. Like, how are you finding? Because I know for me, after coming back from such a life changing tr trip like that, that 
and then sort of settling back into as again reality um what what are you doing right now to fill your soul and to find some harmony between the podcast and you know you've got newly married your son's son has graduated which i'm oh i can't even get there my my kids are both nine and nine and 13 and the thought of them graduating is like oh i don't want that yet but where are you finding the harmony in your life right now oh that's that's uh such a that's really impressive that you're you're saying hey you know you get back from a big trip like that and it's it's life-changing and it's it can be an adjustment to come back um you know one of the things that I'm doing is I'm actually doing a fundraiser party at my house for children in Cambodia and that's kind of a little side um hobby that I'm developing and um I'm really excited about it and that really fills my cup to be of service And then, you know, I have to be really, really honest with you on that, on this. I absolutely love podcasting so much that I I will literally be doing it from, from 8am, you know, until six or seven or eight or 9pm. And my husband, bless him again, like intuitively, you know, we both knew um, that, you know, this, this marriage is meant to be because he around five or six, he'll, he'll tell me it's time to stop. And if he weren't, if he weren't there to tell me it's time to stop, you know, whether it be, I'm working on, you know, again, like, you know, fundraising for Cambodia or, um, my podcast, sometimes I will literally just go, 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 go. And I won't, I won't stop and relax and slow down. And, and he gets me to, to stop, slow down, relax in the evenings with him and just, you know, watch a comedy or, or some kind of British show you know, <laughs> or whatever. But um, I really need that balance. And I feel like he is so good at balance, helping me balance out. Oh, that is so good because there, and there's the ticket, right? There's the golden ticket is that when you are get so lost Mm -hmm. in the doing and the being of the thing, you know, you're in the right spot. You know, you're in the right spot. Yes. I have that tendency. I get very, I'm so excited and enthusiastic about my podcast and, you know, and some of my hobbies. And so it just can literally overtake my life. And then my husband steps in and says, okay, honey, come on, you know, let's eat some dinner. Let's, let's watch a show. Let's, let's connect. Let's, so it's, it's great. I'm a human being, right? Like, I, I obviously need to work on that. I need to work on that and that's okay. That's okay too. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It, It is okay. But I love that, you know, he's the one. And, and like you said, like, He's in there in your life. He came into your life as you've started this new chapter together, but that you've got this sort of, Hey, you know, it's time to come back and let's get some balance. Let's get some harmony with other things. And that, you know, you've got this another chapter that you're doing and spending time with him. And I love all of that. So, Oh, Christina, thank you so much. And and just maybe share with the listeners, of course, where they can find you, the podcast, all the things. Yeah, so you can find me on Apple, Spotify, and probably 10 other places, because yeah. I'm not exactly sure where my producer put me on the other day. She said, oh, by the way, you're on iHeartRadio. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. But oh, awesome. 
So um, anyway, so it's called She's Brave Podcast with Christina Driscoll. So you can find me there. And then you can also find me on Instagram at She's Brave Podcast. I have a website because I'm always looking for great people to talk with. And I love talking with my fans. Um, I always get back to you, whether you email me or connect with me on Instagram, I will always respond. Um, So that's at She's Brave Podcast. And then I have a Facebook group, She's Brave Podcast. Amazing. So much goodness. Oh, wait, did I mention, I think I didn't mention also, uh, I have a, yeah, my website, www.she'sbravepodcast.com. Okay, perfect. And I might, I will make sure that all of that is in the show notes, Great. as well as if you are, you know, this, the thing that you're doing, the fundraising for Cambodia, if you have anything I to add or want to have that, I can certainly put that in the podcast as well. I'm sure there's many people that would love to support you in that journey as well. Oh, thank you, Lyanne. Excellent. Thank you. And if you have enjoyed this episode of the Spiritual Shift Worker podcast, please share and remember to leave a five-star review. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you love this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with someone who you think would love it too. And a five-star review helps get the Spiritual Shift Worker podcast out to those that need it most. I can't wait to connect with you online, so make sure you follow me on Facebook at The Spiritual Shift Worker and on Instagram at Lyanne Magahi. It's time to enjoy the shift, one breath at a time.